2: The new Performance Volkswagen R range of vehicles. Test drive now at Solitaire Volkswagen, Hawthorne and Medindi. Welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs.
1: Yes, good morning to you. It is Saturday and very, very good to have your company this morning. And we're doing it as well this morning thanks to the, the new Performance R range. That's on right now at Solitaire Volkswagen. Uh, get involved nice and early. Get the standard going via the text line oh four two seven one five four one double six. Bryce Gibbs is in, looking sharp as ever. Good morning to you, great man.
3: Good morning, Hazy. Great to be with you on this a uh, bit average Saturday morning weather-wise, but um, we're all good in the studio here. so are all good uh, in the studio. Good show
1: showers across Adelaide today. Top of twelve degrees. Great day to be in Adelaide if you're a thirsty plant, but if you're a footy fan. I dare say, and you're a Crows supporter, you would brave the conditions to go see the boys win three in a row because it's been far too long, over two years.
3: Is that right? Two years it's been. And The they're... last
1: time, actually, here you go, the last time was your farewell game.
3: Is that right? Yeah, against oh, the Blues. What a time of my life that was. <laughs> uh, yes, and they're actually playing some really good footy, the Crows. Mm. Obviously, a great win against Carlton, and then served it up to West Coast, who were up and about last week. In uh, Josh Kennedy's farewell game, uh, they play North Melbourne, who we know have had their struggles this year. So yeah, to win three on the trot, uh, that will
1: certainly excite Crows fans. Indeed. There's a lot on the menu this morning, Gibbsy. A lot certainly to get is. through. I mean, where do you want to start? Ken Hinkley, absolutely locked in for 2023. Some clarity via Port Adelaide Chairman David Kosh during the week. We'll speak about that. Jason Horn, francis your little mate. He's been axed. He's in the news again. My man, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, you are. Your little friend and you're a little bit closer to Jason Horn Francis than most. And I'm just sort of smelling an opportunity. That's it. As soon as Jason Horn Francis gets dropped, and this is the first time he's been dropped. The other time he played in the VFL, he came back from a suspension via the VFL, but this is pretty significant news. I can see him wearing a Crows as a report Adelaide <laughs> jumper.
3: Yeah, it is. And whether it's he's missed his ice bath that's been reported or he's... Uh, Cracked it after the game for whatever reason. <laughs> There's a few things flying around, but yeah, to drop him when he had the opportunity to come back and play for the first time in front of his family and friends at Adelaide Oval against the Crows, he certainly would have been looking forward to that. And I understand that this culture and culture comes first and you need to set good standards and good examples and everyone's got to toe the line. But where North Melbourne are at, the, the season's well and truly over. Alistair Clarkson's going to come in next year, or maybe in the next couple of weeks. Mm. There's going to be a new culture laid down. The joint's going to get flipped on its head. For the sake of just playing him the last two games, would it have really mattered?
1: Do you feel like, in short, when can get to this a little bit later on, is he super gettable now for South Australian clubs?
3: I just think this isn't going to help North Melbourne in terms of keeping him long-term. These little things just seem to keep adding up, adding up, adding up. And without talking to him directly and asking him this, but yeah, you know, I think it, it'd start to weigh on his mind more and more the more these things pop up and uh, you know, him not being able to come back home would have been a big deal to him, I reckon. He's, he's a family man. He, we know he's, he's come back to Adelaide at every opportunity that he's had uh, in his time off. And uh, this would have been one he w- would have been really looking forward to. So for him not to have the opportunity to do that, I know that you need, as a club, you need to make strong stances. But where North Melbourne are at at the moment, and for long term, keeping him happy and keeping him involved in the footy club, I just think this is one they just should have let him play.
1: Mm, here's a question as well. Port supporters, Crow supporters, what would you give up for Jason Horn Francis? It's not the first time we've spoken about this, but seemed like he was locked away, he gets dropped. Now it seems he's more gettable than ever. Bear in mind as well, Crow supporters, you're going to lose pick four for Isaac Rankin and maybe something else. So the bargaining chips are thinning uh, at Crowland, but could there be a spot for him at Port Adelaide?
3: And and half their salary cap, uh, if all reports are true at uh, Adelaide, trying mm. to get Rankin across.
1: Yep, exactly right. But
3: then, yeah, Adelaide, uh, Port Adelaide, you're going to have to give up a Zach Butters, aren't you? And, and maybe more to to fit him in there as well. So it's uh, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, geez. I mean, straight away, I feel like I could survey 100 Port supporters and say, would you give up Zach Butters for anyone? I feel like 99 of them would say no.
3: Well, he's had a, a fantastic year. Mm. He's had some uh, injury niggles, as we know, but his development over the last 12, 18 months has been on a, a really good trajectory and... Him, Connor Rosie, these guys are, are such exciting players and, and guys that you want to hold on to in your footy club.
1: Uh, at some stage this morning, a little bit later on, we need to absolutely go to town on you and talk about something you said a couple of weeks ago. Where hang on. Hang where on hang you on, just completely on. went all in on the blues. And we said off air, said, look, Bryce, you just need to let the brain take over. Don't let the heart completely take over. And I think you said, you know what, I'm still going to go with my heart. You went all in Hang on, on us, hang on us. And second. right now, it's turned to absolute you-know-what. <laughs> well, no, no, it hasn't. <laughs> they're sitting. They need at least one more win to make the eight. Is that true?
3: No, I think, actually, technically, they can still make it without winning a game for the rest of the oh, year.
1: Oh, there you go. And I can prove that. And they're going to cruise in the finals. I rang up, I
3: got off, off the off <laughs> yeah, the hook well this week.
1: You were the legal loophole. To save him.
3: So... <laughs> No, not all is lost, Hazy. You can come at me as hard as you want.
1: I'll come at you with a sledgehammer a little bit later on and just uh, recap, because that's the best thing, and what you've learned about radio as well, is as soon as you say something on air, it's there forever, and it's accessible. (laughs) Including your singing. Including my singing, although I do my best to absolutely cover that up as best we can. Um, We do need to talk about Patrick Cripps as well. I'm as confused as ever as what you can and can't do in terms of head-high bumping, football acts, etc. I thought we were all pretty much on the same page that if you make head-high contact in any capacity and it results in uh, an injury to the opposition, most notably concussion, you bug it.
3: Yeah, you're right. And if I take my fan hat off of Patrick Cripps and and, uh, my love for the Blues, I was obviously excited to see him still get the opportunity to play in the last two games, but... I'm certainly with you. Uh, As soon as you make contact with the head, we've seen over the last short period of time that that means weeks. And for him to get off under these circumstances, what does that mean going forward? If someone gets hit in the head at the footy today, comes off with concussion, they get reported, does that mean they're just going to automatically get off now? Yeah. Where does it sit? I'm
1: with you. It is so confusing. You just keep on pushing as well until you get the result that you want seems to be the trend now doesn't it four and a half hours and see this was funny as well so that it didn't come through the decision till late that night i mean patrick cripps was there and then went home went to bed but the blues had named their team sheet yeah. at 5 30 so the team sheets come through and we get them at 5 30 with patrick cripps named he was they were confident so they were very very confident and then we did a little team segment, I mean, like, what about Carlton? They'll have to redo that team sheet. <laughs> and they're on the money.
3: So yeah. something's going on. But it's just the, the whole process about, you know, it wasn't even a free kick on the day. And then it goes through the MRO, then it's taken to the tribunal, and it's taken to the appeals tribunal. So the amount of process that – the amount of different levels that it needs to – to work its way through, it's just, it's too much. It's too complicated. It's too confusing. Like, it just does not make sense. And Hazy, do they, do the AFL need to seriously just need to revise this process and make it more simpler, make it more sharper so that we don't have incidents like this going forward. And it is more black and white because, as you said, it's, it's confusing as ever.
1: Well, I just hope that there's not a process where you get a, a result or a decision. All right, what's the next step? and here's a result decision, all right, what's the next step? And you keep on going and going, and it draws out for the whole week. Like, at what stage you go, well, here, here's what it is. It's completely final. I know it's quite substantial because, like I dare say, without Patrick Cripps, two games to go, and you'll crunch the numbers a little bit later, but to absolutely solidify their spot in the finals, they need to win either against the Ds or the Pies. I feel like that's pretty much what's well, really hard without Patrick Cripps So it's a big decision, but still, like, the circus that's come from this and the different loops, it's too much, isn't it?
3: Oh, absolutely. So that's one for, I think, Brad Scott might be the the man in charge in that space. So there'll be questions asked of him, I think, from a lot of people, whether this needs to be reviewed.
1: So last night, you probably watched the football when you would have seen Brad Crouch and his little bump on Darcy Gardner. If I'm Brad Crouch now, I'm going, no, I'm, don't worry. I'm sweet. I'm completely I'm, fine. Everyone's I'm saying, oh. Week. And straight away, we've seen Twitter. And Twitter's going, well, there's Brad Crouch's season done. And no, 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 no. If I'm going by what's happened with Patrick Cripps, just keep on fighting, Crouchy, and eventually you'll get off.
3: Well, there was no uh, subbing off with concussion. I think it was was it Gardner that he, that he lined up and hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't go off with concussion. So nothing to see here. Play no, on.
1: Play on. Um, all right, the other thing we need to talk about this morning as well is just some of the big footy feuds. So, we're not encouraging or um, supporting this behaviour, but uh, geez, during the week it emerged that Wayne Carey and Anthony Stevens added again at the uh, premiership reunion, the 96 premiership reunion, which is a bit of a shame. But, I mean, some of the big footy feuds, I mean, just to name a couple, which we'll talk about Mark Williams v. Alan Scott. Oh, you, Ooh, you were boy. wrong. You were wrong. You were
3: wrong. Is that what he said?
1: Yeah. How good was that? I mean, to name a couple, you've got a few there, but Jason Ackermanus v pretty much everyone.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, old Akka! Uh, what have I got here? I've got even some players. So mm-hmm. Campbell Brown v. Stephen May in Vegas.
1: Yeah. Broke his jaw. Or is it Stephen May everyone? I
3: think it might be Stephen May v. everyone. Maybe we can get Stephen May and Jason Ackermanis in a room and see what happens. Oh,
1: let's get him to play a round of golf and just make sure Acker doesn't cheat. Uh,
3: um, Satana O'Halpen v. Cameron Cloak in the uh, intra-club match. That's a and good one. A fallout after that.
1: You've got the inside word on that. Oh, I
3: do. Um, Satana I haven't got four weeks for that, too. <laughs> but punching and then kicking his own teammate in, in an intra-club match.
1: Um, Gave him a little kick in the tail. That was a bit spicy, wasn't it? <laughs> Really, really spicy. <laughs> awesome. Good one. So looking forward to that. If you've got one as well that comes to mind, uh, text it through 0427 154 166. Coming up next though, Gibbsy, we need to talk about when coaches just go rogue. So just to, um, I mean, this is cross coding just for a second, but for the first time in the history of the NRL, Ricky Stewart has been suspended as a coach, fined $25,000 as well. Um, Some pretty solid words uh, on an opposition player a couple of weeks ago playing for the Penrith Panthers. You know,
4: where Salmon kicked Tommy, he don't own. And I've had history with that
1: kid. I know that kid very well. He was a weak, gutted dog as a kid, and he hasn't changed now. He's a weak, gutted dog person now. Oh, Ricky, if he had his time again, he probably wouldn't have said that. But just to give a bit of history on what he said that, his history was that Ricky's son, apparently as a junior, played against this kid, and there were some dirty tactics used then, so Ricky's not forgotten that and then um, this kid's now a professional footballer up against Ricky Stewart, the Raiders coach, and there's been a few little dirty tactics and Ricky exploded so
3: who who did they play?
1: They played the Penrith Panthers
3: okay, so I'm just looking at the scores here they they lost by 20, mm-hmm. so fair to say that Ricky was a bit emotional after the game just a tad maybe heated. after their performance. <laughs> And I, yeah, if he had his time again, he's, he's not saying it. I think he, he did come out and apologise. Yeah, he did. The next day.
1: What I did like as well is that the NRL said, look, it's a week off. You're not allowed any contact with the club. You've basically been banished. Oh, they banished him. From the NRL. And then the Raiders said, look, Ricky, um, what we're going to do as well is we're going to let you take as much time as you need. And he said, no, nah, I'm back <laughs> the second I'm allowed to. <laughs> I won't be taking time off. Ricky Stewart's got some good history, though of absolutely going off and presses he can really really turn it on he took it too far that time but i mean you've seen some serious blow-ups over time i'm not sure if you've been there
3: who can we compare him to is he the reason for mick moldhouse sort of setup is he hey. that is he that sort of uh if he if he goes nuts in a, in a presser post-match he,
1: he gets to those sort of levels exactly right that's a straight away because it. it's like oh mick do you want to you want to delay the presser for another 20 minutes and just get Mick to take a few more laps of the dressing room or maybe give him a nice cold glass of water or a warm glass oh, of milk.
3: There's another footy for you. Let's get Ricky Stewart and Mick Moldass in a room and see what happens. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice?
1: All right. Some of the coaches go absolutely rogue. There's some very, very good examples as well. Straight away. We'll do this before nine o'clock. But yeah, Malcolm Blight, giving David Pittman just one of the all-time sprays in 97. <laughs> Really didn't keep his, chair, his cards close to his chest that day. Um, so if you've got an example, get it through, 0427 154 166. We'd love to take a call from you as well. Saturday morning, a few showers about the place. Let's all stay warm together. Somehow you giving us a call is going to keep you you warm, but give it a go. Do <laughs> you need a cuddle, Hazy? <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 The new performance R range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. You're listening to Saturdays
2: in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs.
1: Thank so you, morning to you. Coming to you live from SCNSA's studio, Lumo, right in the heart of the city, 1 King William Street, 0427 154 166. That is the text line. And don't forget, the new performance R range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. Bryce Gibbs is in. And Bryce, you've had um, quite a few coaches over the journey. Pagan, Bolton, Malthouse, Knicks, Pike, is that all of them?
3: Uh, you could, maybe you could add Johnny Barker in when he was uh, oh, yeah. a stand in coach for, uh, for a few weeks.
1: A little interim stint. Um, did anyone ever had a press conference go this hard on an opposition player?
0: I've had history with that kid. <laughs> I know that kid very well. He's, he was a weak gutted dog as a kid,
1: and he hasn't changed now. He's a weak gutted dog person now. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty confronting, isn't it?
3: Cop that. <laughs> uh, y- like, yes. Yeah. Mick was known for.
1: Given ripping
3: press conference post-game. So behind closed up doors. in the emotion of it all.
1: Would would Mick go off at players?
3: Yeah, he would. He'd go off at players halfway through the, the second quarter. <laughs> telling them they're not welcome Monday.
1: See, <laughs> Pack your bags. That's pretty solid stuff. <laughs> have you told the story about, as well about Sam Rowe? Yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah, I we'll have. recap on that. He gave... <laughs> he, Sam Rowe was delisted
3: before half-time one week. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough, <laughs> I think it was round one too,
1: so real, <laughs> so I know sam Rowe, the lovely guy the
3: second quarter round one gets on the phone i don't know what what had happened, but uh gets on the phone think he's just going to you know get some feedback, Sam don't come monday mate <laughs> and sam's uh sam's a carpenter, he' was a carpenter by trade, so it was uh check the um. Check the paper, mate, for jobs on uh, on Monday morning,
1: because uh, you're delisted, pretty much. So <laughs> check the classifieds. <laughs> so, what was Sam Rowe's response? Because he's a lovely guy.
3: What do you say to that? Yeah.
1: I, <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> how, how's his confidence going into the second half after hearing that? How, do you remember how did how did he go? I, I, we didn't know until during the week, post it happening. So. Uh, I can't remember where he, if he just checked out or actually it spurred him on to to play well in the second half, but yeah, it's, that's not what you want to hear halfway through the second quarter.
1: No, probably not. Um, good, solid uh, advice, let's call it, that uh, no doubt spurred on Rowan. He went on to play on games for the Blues, extra one game at the Saints to get his 100th. Thank you, Brett Ratton,
3: for <laughs> getting me to the Saints and giving me my extra game <laughs> yeah. that uh, that will get me to raise the bat, so... Yeah, he churned he out a, a great career, Sam Rowe.
1: Very good man, Sam Rowe. No doubt he's listening this morning as well. <laughs> That's where he starts his weekends, as yeah, we all know. Because he just wants to have some fun. It's good. Uh, when coaches go rogue, you've got a good example, 0427154166. What about the Messiah, the great Malcolm Blight, and just a bit of feedback for Pittman in 97?
0: To start like that means you won't win, particularly with a pathetic effort from Pittman in Ruck. I mean... It was the most disgraceful display i have ever seen from a big film. That's pretty hard on an individual, but he's going to have to live with that because we got carried away as a team. (laughs)
1: That's solid feedback. Really solid feedback. And the the emphasis he puts on pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
3: he could have not pointed him out any more. And that pathetic performance by David Pittman. Well, there you go. What would have Pittman's response been?
1: Oh, jeez. Uh, probably not much. I mean, what could you say to the Messiah? To the Messiah, yeah. So Malcolm Blight tells you to do something. You don't ask questions. You probably just do it. Um, but yeah, very, very confronting, to say the least.
3: Yes. I got one. Chris Scott. Oh, yes. Walking off. Oh, I don't think he was walking off there. Walking to the huddle at quarter time or half time or whatever it was. And had words with Lockie Neal and he... Chris Scott wanted to go on with it. started mm. heading over towards their, their huddle, and I think a couple of players had to pull him away. Uh, the captain, Joel Selwood, had to go over and say, hey, Scotty,
1: don't get caught up in that. That's amazing when your skipper has to pull you away from a fight, and you're yeah. the coach. Real NRL areas there.
3: <laughs> Wasn't it? Yeah.
1: What about uh, Kevin Sheedy v. Robert Wolves? Yes. Two of the greats uh, of our modern game. So this has been going on for decades and decades. So the two had traded criticism of each other for close to 40 years, some stating that it was behind-the-play incident by Walls that sparked the dislike, others claiming it was the niggling tactics of Sheedy that got under Walls' skin. They absolutely hated each other, and then they traded blows via a TV segment a few years ago don't talk
0: in riddles answer the question and the question is Robert I never mentioned I, your name was I a
4: sniper all the 70s and 80s that people out there making the comments and if and if I uh, said on the
1: radio if the hat fits then we all I will. Think it's and a I wrote about sad. myself
0: it's just a bit sad that you go so far with your bluff and when your bluff's called you back off well in what way Oh, well. well, you just won't name me Well, and I well, don't, I, I don't I. mind if you name me to tell you the truth It doesn't <laughs> worry me Let Famous. me tell you, you wouldn't know what it was like To have an owner of a club who wanted to close it down every second week You wouldn't know what it was like to have 90% of your players Who come from outside that state You haven't got a broad experience of coaching You've been at the one club for 20 years <laughs>
1: Bang, two coaches going off at each other
3: And not just two coaches, two heavyweight coaches mm. Be it at that and that's not the only one Kevin Sheedy's had. What about when he walked off the ground and attacked Mitchell White from West Coast, and he give him the—that's the, that's the, the right. throat, like the hand across the throat after apparently, Maddie Lloyd tells the story that uh, someone dropped Mark, it was it? Oh, I can't remember who it was. Anyway, behind play, but no one knew who it was. Yep. Someone just told him that it was um, uh, Mitchell White. So Kevin Sheedy at the breaks going down and giving him the finger across the throat, like. Watch your back from here on in. And I think he copped a ten grand fine or something pretty heavy for yeah. doing it.
1: It didn't look great. Didn't as well, I mean, didn't Matthew Lloyd tell the story that it probably wasn't Mitchell White? <laughs> I
3: think it was <laughs> yeah. um someone in the coach's box, Kevin Shetty asked who it was and they were put on the spot and he goes,
1: Oh, I think it was Mitchell Because <laughs> <White." laughs> then this vision of Mitchell White. So like sheeplessly looking around with a smile on his face going, what is going on here? And by reports, he played the game pretty
3: fair, Mitchell White. So yeah. fair to say it wasn't him.
1: All right. So you have got some good uh, coaches going rogue. I mean, get involved this morning. Ricky Stewart, have you heard something like this before in any sense at a press conference? Uh, across world sports, pretty heavy comments. I've had
0: history with that kid. I know that kid very well. He's He was a weak, gutted
1: dog as a kid, and he hasn't changed now. He's a weak, gutted dog person now. Ah, it's just Ricky being honest of history with a young man by the name of jamon salmon um who employs some interesting let's say tactics and don't worry ricky was served his punishment got a week suspension for that and a twenty-five thousand dollars fine um so yeah and made a bit of history as well first NRL coach to be suspended mid-season good stuff ricky (laughs) that's what we like to see we do (laughs) yeah All right, oh four two seven one five four one double six. I get involved this morning. Got a lot to get through, including Ken Hinkley. Future absolutely locked in. How's it sitting with your Port Adelaide supporters? It's been on the top of the list of talking points since zero and five. Uh, so this text reads: "Port can't afford to pay Ken out, but don't want him. Supporters want him out. Hinkley's position is untenable. He must walk. He's not going to walk.
3: Absolutely not. So here's a question for you, Hazy. So he's obviously going to coach next year." What's what's the minimum? What's what's the benchmark for next year then? Off the back of having so, such high expectations leading into this year, it was nearly like grand final or bust. We know the O and five start, and they're obviously not going to play finals. He goes into next year with all this um, media hype around him. Whether he's going to stay, whether, whether he's going to go, he's staying. Is he? Is he just playing out a year? And are they, are they delaying the inevitable?
1: See, that's a, that's a great question because, uh, and we'll put it to Port Adelaide supporters right now, there's good there's good support for Ken Ingley as well from Port supporters. I mean, there's a lot of uh, supporters who are vocal about what they think. But 0427154166, there's no point whinging about it now. Ken Ingley's your man for 2023, so what are the expectations? Do they need to be re-tapered? What Adelaide supporters expect a lot? I mean, the mantra is we exist to win premierships. We know that. But is it a grand final as a minimum? I mean, people say, well, it's a premiership. What if it's a top four finish? Because for most clubs, in most situations, a top four finish is a good result. And saying that, I mean, last year would have been a reasonable result if they didn't get blown out in the prelim final. If it was a close prelim final again, I think the uh, the narrative would have swung very much in different favor, but expectations for next year now, you know, 100 percent it will be coached by Ken Hinckley unless he goes somewhere else on a long-term deal. That's the only other reason that Ken Hinckley won't be there next year. What are the expectations? Oh four two seven one five four one double six. What do you think?
3: Well, I'm, I'm now thinking, what's, what's going to be the fallout? Because Koshi's come out and said, all departments are going to be reviewed, and there has to be some changes if it, if it was going to be Ken? it's not going to be ken now so would you be worried if you're an assistant coach at the power at the moment i know some of them have got contracts but they've got to make they've sort of come out and said changes will, will be made and the next couple of weeks if if things don't go to plan like watch out
1: i think the first this is purely an opinion piece i think the first assistant coach who could get an opportunity to be a senior coach will be brett montgomery so I think, I wonder now what's happening behind the scenes with Brett Montgomery and him assessing his options and him knowing now that, well, 2023 is, he's probably got the option to stay at Port Adelaide. Does he want to go somewhere else, potentially be a senior, a senior assistant again and broaden, I suppose, his artillery going to a different club to learn some different schools, different techniques, uh, et cetera, um, to try and take the next step to be a senior coach. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, absolutely. It does. And I think he does have the credentials to be a senior coach. He was an assistant at Carlton when I was there and, uh, I had a good relationship with him and, and learned a lot off of him. So he's, um, he's obviously, uh, held in high regard. Um, and if there was an opportunity to, to pursue that, I'm um, I'm sure he would look
1: at it. Everyone's on contract. So, which is what we were speaking about during the week that. If this was an exercise they went down to pay a, bu- a bunch of blokes out, it's going to be very, very expensive. And then it seems that Alistair Clarkson is all but locked into North Melbourne. So then what else is out there do you think that's going to instantly turn Port Adelaide's form around? Because it's quite easy to say, well, get rid of Hen- Ken Hinckley. And if Alistair Clarkson is available, who's going to come around? Well, do you think that Ken Hinckley's telling the players to kick the ball the wrong way? Like, it's it's not an easy fix.
3: Or, Or have Port realize that there's not a lot out there and have sort of been made to say, no, we need to keep him because the options are, there's not many options. Yep. So who actually knows what, is the, what are the decisions going behind closed doors? But Koshi, he's come out, he's backed his man, Ken. So he will be there next year. That's, that's what we can, can tell you.
1: You do love the passion from Port Adelaide supporters and you love that. They're very, very happy to give their opinion. Do it this morning, 0427 154 166. Ken man for 2023. Expectations, of course, Ken gives a call as well. Up until ten thirty. 30, 736 736. No such issues at the Crows. Going for three in a row, Isaac Rankin. Looks like he's on board. It's got Tom Lyon, our producer, very, very happy indeed because he's a little Crows Nuffy, so much so that he's penned a little Isaac Rankin song.
3: It's unusual, Tom has come up with
1: another song about the crowies. <laughs> yeah, that's what he does, just sings himself to sleep every night with his little Crow song. All right, a little song from Isaac Rankin, we're going to hear that straight after the news. Tommy Lyon has joined us as well because always up and about is Tommy, particularly when the Crows are going just a little bit better than, well, and that's fair to say than Port Adelaide at the minute.
2: Yeah, I think that is there a very real possibility that if uh, Adelaide win this week and next week, they could finish above Port? That's
1: what's going to happen. You need Port Adelaide to lose tomorrow against Essendon.
2: Yeah. Well, that gets me excited. Also, uh, (laughs) the prospect of Isaac Rankin coming over gets me excited. And... The offers of around $4 million over um, five years, I don't remember the Crows in recent history ever offering someone that much. They usually always pay unders, don't they, Gibber?
3: Uh, no, Just they, unders? They offered me about that, but I turned it down.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They broke that when Bryce Gibbs joined the flock. But that was a, within AFL circles, that was common knowledge that the Crows didn't overpay players?
3: Uh, yeah, I can confirm that. That's, yeah. Yeah, they kept it a lot more even and but, even spread with their with their payment to players I, I would have thought
1: which is all also because that they never bottomed out though so they never had to go through a genuine rebuild where you're like mm. okay oh we're going to have to overpay players to attract some of these big players so this is probably the first prime example of that
2: yeah yeah so this is an anomaly which um excites me, but it also scares me a little bit. So, you know, when my emotions are all pent up, what I do is I go and write a song about it, about Isaac Rankin and uh, the prospects of him coming to Adelaide.
5: (laughs) Rankin! Sons Epic three.
1: Gogo sons have selected Isaac Rankin,
5: and he was scouted. Oh, I had the pleasure. By Andrew Hazy.
1: I was coaching West Adelaide when he was coming through <laughs> as a junior. He's
5: got the sizzle and the step. It's a trade we won't regret. Rankin has four million reasons to come back. Rankin, come right down to your hometown to put Adelaide's salary cap out. <laughs> Overpaid, but it's worth it for the home crowd. Other players will be jealous when they find out. Rankin, come right down to your hometown. To put Adelaide's salary cap out. Overpaid, but it's worth it for the home crowd. Warren Led will be jealous when he finds out.
1: Rankin, Rankin, pleasure, pleasure. Rankin, pleasure. <laughs> Rankin. Rankin
4: Pleasure, Pleasure. Pleasure.
1: Rankin ah. <laughs> Very good Very yes, good Tommy Lyon uh, Which brings me to my next point Did I tell you Pleasure. that I used coach <laughs> Isaac Rankin as a kid?
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't know yeah. uh, So
1: very you, d- good. you
3: did claim in the break that you taught him everything he knows
1: oh, I yeah. just went, Is that when, a quote? When That's I got hold quote. of him, he actually didn't even know how to kick a football He had to yeah. point him in the, in the right direction as to where the goals were yeah. And then a few short months later, all of a sudden, pick number three. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: So really, we have you to thank for this whole situation. Otherwise, he wouldn't have even been in the AFL.
1: Wow. Well, <laughs> I mean, don't want to take all the credits, but tonight no, it was just a pleasure watching him back then. Geez. I mean, Michael Antonio Rucci is saying nine hundred thousand dollars a year.
2: My God, that's eye-watering and scary.
1: Scary, but worth it.
2: M- maybe it it's could all on be, you, Tommy. What yeah. do you think? I don't know. I, I worry about, you know, the Tom Scully scenario and, and those sorts of players where they, they just get paid so much. I mean, Rankin, I don't think he's had a, like a top finish in the BNF ever or anything on record. He's just got that great highlights reel, but he might put it all together. He, he will go nuts at Adelaide Oval, I know that.
1: Do you, do you explain those players, O'Brice. I, I don't think he is that sort of player. He, he's not going to finish first or second in the best and fairest, because I think you know that with players like Isaac Rankin, there might be a week where he doesn't do much, but then also two or three weeks later, he might genuinely win a game off his own boot.
3: Yeah, but as you just said then, he might not get a touch one week, and then it might be three weeks later. If you're paying someone that much money, you expect them to perform every week. That's my opinion. Yeah. And I know he's young, and he's developing really nicely for him to come to, to adelaide to team town with the 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 amount of eyes on him here if he underperforms it's going to be it's going to be pretty tough for him and you know him better than most hazy with the, the time you've spent with him i don't know if he's going to be capable of addressing and, and having that pressure on his shoulders because as a small forward a uh, pressure forward that can kick goals it's It can, you can have those inconsistencies if, if he's not getting the delivery, if he's not getting the opportunity in an Adelaide side that, uh, rebuilding, um, it, it could be, especially early in those first couple of years, if he does come, it could be tough for him. So can he handle that pressure? I'm not sure. And it could have an effect on him. Those are the questions that they need to weigh up.
1: And for you, Tom, is the next step for you just to run some bleach through their hair and grow a little moustache like Isaac Rankin, just to I make him so. feel welcome?
2: Well, my wife has always been a fan of the moustache whenever I do um, pop it there as a joke. It's quite <laughs> sleazy. And uh, I, I love the moustache. But no, in, in all seriousness, if Rankin is even like when the Bulldogs got Tom Boyd and got them a, a grand final out of that, then it'll be worth it.
3: Hang no. on. Talking flags. We're talking <laughs> flags.
1: Tommy still always, flags. always
2: thinking about that.
1: As long as Isaac Rankin plays a good game in a Crows grand final, you're happy.
2: I am. Yeah. They're
1: it'll be worth thoughts. it. <laughs> big, big big dreams for a little boy. Big giant, big giant dreams. Isaac Rankin. He's going to be a star and. So much so that there's, you know, there's songs been created about him.
5: Rankin, come right down to your hometown to put Adelaide's salary cap
1: out. Rankin, Rankin. Pleasure, pleasure. <laughs> Rankin, pleasure. Rankin, <laughs> <laughs> pleasure. Rankin, ah. <laughs> oh, Isaac Rankin. Big expectations now. Oh, yes. When you get a song penned on you. Uh, all right, we're going to go through the games this weekend, of course. Uh, like we mentioned, the Crows taking on North Melbourne for three on the trot. Ordinary conditions we're expecting Adelaide Oval, but still, they will go in as heavy favourites. Samport Adelaide just need to get back on the winners list playing Essendon tomorrow. We'll take a deep dive in both those games next... This is Saturdays in SA, showers across Adelaide today for a top of 15. You're
2: listening to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs.
1: Yes, coming to you live from SCNSA's studio, Lumo SA, right in the heart of the city, 1 King William Street. It is currently raining pretty heavily outside as well. Showers expected across the day for a top of 15 degrees. If you are heading along to Adelaide Oval to watch the Crows take on north, good on you. Well done. But no doubt you're excited because it would seem the Crows... Are set to win three in a row. They go in as dollar fourteen favourites over the hapless ruse, but
3: oh no! You know what weather. Hap- you know what happens when they're favourites.
1: Yeah, I know. They addressed that last week. This is a big thing last week. They go over the West as favourites. Well, got the job done.
3: Just, even money wasn't it, I think.
1: Was it? Yeah. Almost at the end. Yeah. Josh Kennedy did his best to really spoil the party. Oh. Eight goals and then missed the sitter for his ninth. <laughs> um, the weather though, does that suit the ruse?
3: I think it certainly helps them. It'll it'll slow the game down, turn it into a bit of a slog, bit of a contested surge type game. They still should be able to get it done, you would think, Adelaide. But uh, Ben Cunnington back into the side. How good's that to see? That's mm. such. That's just good for footy. We all know his uh, cancer battles, uh, and it was at a bit of a tear. my eye watching uh, a bit of piece that Sam Doherty did? During the week, wishing Ben Cunnington all the best in his return game today. That was fantastic to see. Will ha- uh, Riley Tilthorpe and Tom Dude back in for the Crows. So yep. a couple of big ins there. Um, they've gone pretty tall down down in defence. So with the weather the way it is, not sure whether that's going to be a, a good call or not for the Crows. But those two back in certainly make the crows a stronger side
1: interesting yes and hopefully i mean it's not the weather for him but a big fan of Roy thilthorpe and the way that he goes and just hopefully he can show um a few more little aspects that would suggest that he's absolutely part of the rebuild he is in my opinion but it's just been such a mixed season for him
3: yeah it has uh a bit, bit, bit up and down and we will always have those questions earlier on in the year why he wasn't getting a game where the position the crows are in it was i think it was just about get some games into him keep playing him give him that experience uh but he's once he got in the game he showed he's certainly capable at the level and he's going to be a very very good player uh just looking at the north melbourne outs hugh greenwood and obviously jason horn francis those two would relish in these conditions so a couple of uh, we we spoke about Jason's uh, omission already this morning, but uh, yeah, I was a bit surprised by Hugh Greenwood giving uh, given that he is an inside mid big body in these weather in this weather that uh, brings everyone back to back to his game.
1: Speaking of Jason Horn Francis, you know him better than most. As soon as he got uh, omitted, we started thinking, well, could we speed up this process in getting Jason Horn Francis back to a South Australian club? Straight away, people have been linking Horn uh, francis with the Crows. Matthew Nix was asked yesterday about Jason Horn Francis's omission.
0: Oh, look, it's, it's like anything. We're, we're always looking at how do we improve. We've said we target South Australians. But at the same time, this is no different to anything else. We'll continue to work on our list management strategies. We don't take any notice of what the team we're playing this week are doing. We look at the, the, the ins that come in because that's what we've got to come up against.
1: This is what we're doing now. We're not even talking about whether it's a possibility he stays at North Melbourne. He's coming home. He's coming home. He's he look better on Crow's colours or in teal?
3: It was a very straight bat, though, wasn't it, by Nixie? Yeah. He, didn't, he was trying to hide his excitement under his, uh, under his breath there. But uh, <laughs> oh, there's, no, there's no doubt that they'll be trying to plot something. And if for them, if they were to target Rankin and Jason... That that would be a, a pretty good start to their off-season, I would have thought.
1: Look, it would be huge, but then I suppose the problem is for the Crows. How can you land both when straight away you're probably going to have to depart with pick, as it stands, pick four uh, for Isaac Rankin, and then what sort of other assets can you offload to get someone like a Jason Horn-Francis who technically is still on contract?
3: Well, you got to compare it to what the Crows offered probably last year for, for Jace uh, in terms of trying to get the picks in before the draft to North Melbourne, they offered two or three first round picks from memory uh, without knowing exactly what it was. So you can't sort of give less than that 12 months on, I wouldn't have thought.
1: Mm, no, what would you give up, Crow supporters? 0427154166, because when you start saying things like, well, maybe it would be someone like a Riley Thilthorpe or a Josh Rashelli People start saying well no let's not do that you start talking about players who aren't quite getting a game and let me give you the hot tip north melbourne not going to be interested in that and on top of this as well guys like joshua shelley or riley thilthorpe they've got to say yes to the trade yeah they do and why would they want to go play for north melbourne
3: that's a great question unless they're getting paid sure they about would.
1: three or four million dollars
3: yeah so there's going to be uh, obviously a lot play out in this year's off season and the, the silly season as it's, as it's well known. But uh, I think the Crows, they're just looking forward to finishing off the season well. They've got a bit of momentum up and yeah, to win three in a row for the first time in about four years, or not even that long, three years, four, two years. The, that's all that's on their mind at the moment and uh, it's certainly something they can do.
1: All the talk this uh, this week has been about Ken Hinckley and his future at the club and he's going to see out his contract for 2023. As the coach uh, he, he's speaking yesterday on Port backing him in.
0: My view nothing had changed and we were, we were in clear conversations all the way through and there was no, no issues for me. I mean I get how it became a bit of an issue but the reality was Nothing's really changed for me in preparing this week for the game on Sunday.
4: The language that Koshy used on Monday was that disappointing
0: for you? No, no, David. David had great intent to talk about our program and where we're at. Our expectation of ourselves this year was far above where we are now, and you know that that was the intent. Is it and as we will, we won't, we'll, we'll reflect on our whole program and look to um, make sure it's better next year. So. I think I I can understand how the headline came out. So two things. Port Adelaide
1: supporters, first of all, let's look ahead. Expectations now for 2023. You absolutely know who your coach is going to be. It's going to be Ken Hinkley. So what's a pass mark if it's not a flag? Secondly, let's talk about the now. Port Adelaide, just desperate to get back on the winners list. Essendon, over there at Marvel. Could you see an upset on the cards? They're going to go in still as favourites, but... Oh, I've been back in Port for the last five weeks.
3: And they've been around the mark, Port, and they look like to th- they look like they were threatening last week, and, and just fell short. Again, this is a tough one. Uh, Essendon play Marvel really well. They've got a lot of speed on the outside, and, and that ground traditionally is a fast game of footy. A um, couple of big outs under the roof in Georgiades and uh, Marshall, so that'll uh, that'll that'll certainly make it harder for Port, but. Um,
1: George Yard is in. Oh, he's in, is he? Toddie Marshall back in as well.
3: Sorry, I read that the wrong way around. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Toddy
1: Marshall's spent a week out with COVID, so he has been one of the great stories for Port Adelaide. Um, So
3: Trent McKenzie it is that's been omitted, and Bryn Tickle, your man, the the big Tess, and Robbie Gray managed.
1: Yes. Sorry, I apologise for that. So that's another question as well, Robbie Gray, what does the future look like? Ken Hinkley was asked about that yesterday, and in short said, well... He's got a big decision to make. That's Robbie.
0: Robbie Gray has the absolute right to make his own decisions because he's been a, our greatest player of our football club in the AFL era in, in in my simple view. So he'll make those decisions when they best suit Rob.
1: Do You get the feeling this could be his last game next week. I, I would love to see Robbie Gray play on again and just sort of recapture some of that old school Robbie Gray form. But the second part of that response as well is straight away, Ken Hickley, he's been our greatest AFL player that the club's produced. Well, straight away, locked in for you because he's... Competing with the likes of Warren Treadray, Travis Boke. That's probably your top three. Top four, in no particular order, is probably Warren Treadray, obviously, Travis Boke, Robbie Gray, and then probably Kane Corns. So there you go. Robbie Gray, number one for you.
3: I actually um, was a surprised when I heard that. I, that was something that caught my my ear. That's a big call. It's a big call. that the, the four that you've just named have, have obviously been champions of the game, and Travis Boke's still going as good as ever as well. So he's still probably got another couple of years left in him. I think, I think Bokey's probably number one for me. Uh, He's had an unbelievable career. And as I said, still got a couple of good years left in him. It does uh, beg to differ whether this is going to be Robbie Gray's last game next week, freshen him up with a week off, leading into a, a home showdown. What a great send-off it would be if he was decided to hang the boots up. Ken Hinkley's obviously said it's up to up to him whether whether he calls time or not. So that'll be uh, – watch this space early next week. But, um, yeah. I, I, uh,
1: I think right now for me, as it stands right now, in the end, it's going to be Travis Bogue. But right now for me, it is Robbie Gray because who is the player that you, at their absolute best, are you picking – to win a game. And as we know, Robbie Gray, big moments. That's when he absolutely shines. He's the guy who can, above against every odd turn a game for you.
3: He's nearly been the best clutch player yeah. in the AFL as a whole in the last 10 to 15 years, hasn't he? Mm. You, whether it's you need him to kick a goal after the siren or you need him to win a stoppage, takes it clean, drives it inside 50 or kicks the goal himself. He's had multiple times where he's given Port the advantage by stepping up in big, big moments late in a game.
1: And statistically, geez, he's overdue for a showdown medal, isn't he? Got 500 the belt, so <laughs> could yeah. almost lock it in next week.
3: Would wouldn't that be fitting? <laughs> wouldn't that be fitting? Port have a, a win in a in a in a close game, Robbie Showdown, kicks a late sealer to win the showdown medal yeah. in his send-off game. That'd be fairy tale-esque and Something that uh, it could certainly happen.
1: Yeah, and it's, uh, there's something really, really special about a player in his last game performing really strongly for West Coast supporters last week. That would have been that just leaves you the last impression of Josh Kennedy. You go, well, he was just a champion from start to finish, and you love just like a good meal. Sometimes it's better to leave just a little bit hungry. You leave Josh Kennedy's career at the Eagles thinking, well, he still had plenty in the tank. He so did. He left going, you know, what, I'm still at the top.
3: He did. And do you know what I loved about the game last week? We all know West Coast struggles as a team this year. But they had 50,000 people turn up. And I have no doubt that a lot, of those, a lot of those fans and supporters rocked up to see him play his last game. Yep. That's, that's fantastic.
1: That's nice That's to unbelievable. See. So if it is announced during the week that it is Robbie Gray's last game, And it's a home showdown for Port Adelaide. Cheese expectations just get there needs to be absolutely full. Um, So Josh Kennedy's knees have texted in saying no, 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 no. He doesn't have plenty (laughs) left in the tank. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of the text line, oh four two seven one five four one double six. This one reads simply two first rounders for Jason and Francis. That's the value set in previous trade periods for young stars. Do you think that would get the job done?
3: Well, it was the uh, precedent for uh, old stars Mm. as well. Yep. A few years ago.
1: Yes, that's what it was. Two first rounders <laughs> for Bryce Gibbs. <laughs> uh, this one, if the Crows finish above Port, that's my year made. Done and dusted so many happy feelings about that thought from Trent. <laughs> Which is a possibility. Imagine that. Seems unbelievable that it's got to that point, given where both clubs were at at the start of the year, expectations, etc. cetera. Uh, this text from Brett. Morning, lads. As a Port supporter, I'm very happy with the clarity from the club and Kenny staying in Fantasia, put on Ice, and hopefully under Ken, We'll pick up Jason and Francis and let's dust ourselves off and shoot for top four in 2023. That's a good, strong, positive text from Brett.
3: Yeah, it is. Very optimistic, wasn't it? Mm. So obviously a lot's going to play out over the next month, but um, yeah, hopefully they can uh, answer some of those things for you, Brett. Well mm. done.
1: Very good stuff. All right, text coming through. 0427-154-166. And the new Performance R-Range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. So get down there, check it out, say hello to the guys. Uh, It's just past 9.30. The news, not too far away. The
2: new Performance Volkswagen R-Range of vehicles. Test drive now at Solitaire Volkswagen, Hawthorne and Medindi.
1: Welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. A lot of great texts coming through. 0427 154 166. Uh, this one, we just spoke before about some of the coaches that have gone completely rogue uh, off the back of Ricky Stewart and his weak gutted dog comments last weekend. Got him a little one-game suspension. Uh, talking of when coaches go rogue, this is a text. Reminds me of the San Flunders' 17th team end of season trip to Victor Harbour as a naive 16-year-old 10 minutes into into my Coke at the pub, the team coach left us joining a local maiden in her brother's Sandman despite a wife at home. Knight ended up with one of the team charged for buying alcohol for underage players who had headed for the, uh, park. the coach was, oh boy, there's a lot going on with that text, but, um, that's when coaches can really, really go rogue.
3: What just happened then?
1: <laughs> I just blanked out for a second. And, um, sub story, remember the good old Sandman? <laughs>
3: I always wanted a sandman as a kid.
1: Plenty of space in the back. And you know yeah. what they say when the sandman's rocking, don't come and knock him because the coach is busy. I mean, is that coming from experience, Hazy? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I wish. Anyway, that's a good text They so keep it coming through 0427 154 166. Time to get stuck into this.
5: Can in South Australia round Cape Australia.
2: What's on in SA?
1: Yes, Climate's Trade Centre at Reidsey Park has the best Dakin prices. Have you got any ideas for us? What can we do across Adelaide uh, this weekend, given that conditions are going to be a little bit scratchy? 0427 154 166, Spring Loaded Festival, the Entertainment Centre. That's right up your alley, Gibbsy. Featuring Grinspoon, Frenzel, Rom, Magic Dirt, Regurgitator, Grinspoon. I
3: love Grinspoon. Yeah. They're still in my playlist, pump-up playlist, leading leading into a game.
1: Chemical Heart. Is that Grinspoon? That's Grinny's, yeah. Yeah,
3: absolutely. good stuff.
1: Uh, what else are we doing this weekend? What do we got?
3: We have got a lot of sandfall back on today. So the Roosters and the Bloods at Prospect Oval. The Dogs are playing the Crows at Adelaide Oval, post uh, the Adelaide Roos game. Mm-hmm. Eagles and Sturt from 6.30 tonight. Bit of a twilight game at the Eagles. And tomorrow, my Panthers take on Port Adelaide in... The, and a bit of a dead rubber hazy well, after we got knocked out of the, the finals race last week.
1: Sure, it's two teams not playing for much. Sure, the weather's going to be a little bit iffy and, hey, it is a Sunday, but definitely get down there to Panther Park and get around the boys. Yes, yes, it's a TV <laughs> gate too, so
3: I think I can guess what most people's preference would be. But uh, you can park around the Oval too, yes. so you can sit in your warm car with your, your coffee and tune in to the game on your dial and watch what no doubt will be a cracking game of football. You can watch some of my best coaching from the sidelines as well. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Go to Panther Park and watch Bryce Gibbs coach from the sideline. (laughs) I would suggest that's a really nice way uh, to spend your Sunday. Um, And of course, AFL Nation all over the game tonight. You're going to be in charge of that one as well. So um, looking forward to that. You're going to be doing some special comments?
3: I am. uh, And the game's today hazy, not tonight, but... uh, Today, Make sure rather, I get excuse there at me. 140. I'll be, uh, yeah, special comments with uh, the, the great Miles Fitzner and, and Tommy Wren today. So, should be good fun.
1: Yep, looking forward to it. All right, let's get stuck into this. This Saturday scoreboard. Just whipping around the world of sports. Uh, Bryce, do you want to kick us off with some Premier
3: League action? The Premier League's back started off last week. Uh, we saw some cracking games Tottenham, Arsenal. Man City all started off with wins and are in the top four, and we saw Halland uh, have a brace game. Kicked two in his debut game for Man City, obviously one of the biggest signings of the off-season. My Liverpool uh, could only manage a draw at Craven Cottage against Fulham, so two-all draw there. Salah got on the score sheet, and that was his fifth year in a row that Salah had scored in the opening round, so I think that's... He broke his previous record of four years last year, so... He loves playing in round one for the Reds, so it's great to see the, the EPL back up and going.
1: Mm, uh, big uh, stuff there if you're a massive soccer fan, then um, you got a lot of um, broken sleep nights ahead. That's what you guys do, isn't it? Getting up at ungodly hours to well, watch football. Well, it's pretty football.
3: lucky. A lot of the game, we, you get it usually get an early game, which is a 9 to, or 10 o'clock p.m. game on a Saturday night, which is uh, which is always good. Mm. And always good to see Man United get off to a great start in the Premier League as well. They lost to uh, Brighton at home, which I don't think Brighton have ever done before. I don't think they've ever won at uh, Manchester United before.
1: Well, there you go. A comprehensive EPR right At Old Trafford. There from uh, Gibbsy. All right, some NBA, the Kevin Durant, Brooklyn Nets soap opera is just rolling on. There's no clear resolution in sight. So he wants to leave where he wants those in the back room gone. And with ownership, not budging in either case, it remains to be seen how the superstar Ford will go out of this corner that he's painted himself into. It's just an absolute mess. It's a fun mess to watch. Um, And I did see a little meme along the lines of this that uh, we did hear from Steve Nash, the coach who did a press conference the other day and, he had this to say i've had history with that kid i know that kid very well <laughs> he's he was a weak gutted dog as a kid and he hasn't changed now he's a weak gutted dog person now it's not the steve nash his <laughs> voice that i remember but i mean the content makes sense
3: yeah and he uh, what, what is he doing kevin durant <laughs> just ah, oh, i'm sick of it i'm sick well, of it. i really liked him when he was okay OKC. really really had a lot of time for him
1: i still had a lot of time for him when he was at golden state and people were starting to give him a um, stick about, you know, he's just going to the Warriors to try and get a win. But, I mean, his response quite rightly was, well, if I'm turning up there and I'm a two-time finals MVP, I'm more than pulling my weight and I'm not exactly just riding with everyone else. But it's just getting into a bit of a circus. Well,
3: he came out and said it was either the coach and coaching staff or me. Take mm. your pick, Brooklyn. And they've come out and said, we're going to back our culture in and pretty much see you later, Kevin.
1: Love that as well. And he just sort of questioned if it wasn't someone like a Steve Nash with uh, who would just be as respected as it gets yeah. in NBA circles. He's got m-
3: more than enough runs on the board, Steve Nash, to be making big calls like that. So good on him.
1: Real big calls. Keep it up, Nashy. We got a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good. Good stuff. Ricky Stewart, Steve Nash. What's the difference? What about your boy, Antonio Brown?
3: <laughs> I love this.
1: <laughs> so Antonio Brown is just one of the most – Interesting and perplexing characters I reckon that the NFL has seen, particularly in the modern era. So he tweeted this a few days ago. He said, my biggest regret in my career doesn't involve calling my GM a cracker or showing up to Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with frozen feet or throwing rocks at that UPS driver. And it definitely doesn't involve taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around the Jet Stadium mid-game while throwing up deuces. My biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me, Antonio Brown, play a game live. Sure, I can watch the game afterwards, but I can't imagine what that was like for you all to see something like that, like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks. What a tweet.
3: Oh, one of the greatest tweets I've ever read. (laughs) What a tweet. Imagine rocking up to training in a hot air balloon. (laughs) What sort of flex is that?
1: And then when he turned up to the Raiders as well, he had massive issues because they were trying to change the helmets, the weight and the way that uh, it was put together. And he wanted to use the old school helmets. That was pretty much the beginning of the end. If he just stayed at Pittsburgh, he could have had this remarkable career. He was so fun. And all of a sudden, it just went down this real solid circus path. And now everyone's just thinking, AB, you're a clown. You belong in the circus. I
3: think AB loves AB. I think it's fair to say.
1: I think that's a really strong, fair comment. (laughs) AB's a mad fan of AB. You're sincerely AB. Does AB like his own tweets?
3: AB would retweet his own tweets. (laughs)
1: Retweet his own tweets with the caption, spot on. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Great stuff, AB. Whoops, that's not my burner account. Uh, 9.49, Saturdays in SA. Bruce Aberdethy, not too far away as well, and some great texts coming through covering all topics. Support late supporters, very passionate. Ken Hinkley is in place for 2023. Expectations... And also, Crows supporters or Port supporters, what do you think it's going to take to get Jason Horn Francis on your books for next year? 0427 154 166. Yeah, and a big shout out to the good folks at Lumo. We're at Lumo Studio SA, right in the heart of the city. One King William Street text line is open and really fired up. 0427 154 166. And the call line's open as well, thanks to Weeks. 1300 three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736. <laughs> Um, There's a lot to get through, so we just thought we'd get Tommy in here to cover the really, really important points. We will get to Bryce Gibbs and his, I'd call it a misguided, passionate, passion piece a couple of weeks ago about the blues and where they sit, but we'll get straight to the hot topic first, um, Tommy, and that is, uh, there's a couple of free men sitting in the studio this weekend. Oh boy.
2: Absolutely. Bryce's uh, wife has travelled abroad, well, to Sydney, (laughs) and left him to fend for himself. And uh, my wife has gone away all the way up to uh, Fitzroy Island in Queensland and taken the kids with her. And it's just, I think, one of the most exciting moments in a man's life happens when he's left with the house to himself. What do you get up to, Gibbo, when your wife gets away?
1: And remember, Bryce, we are very open. PG. No, 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 quite the opposite. We're, <laughs> we're a tight-knit community, the S E N S A and SA community. So um, there's nothing that can't be shared.
3: Well, in terms of this case tommy i've got the kids one out for a couple of days so yeah. it's not necessarily a, a holiday or a staycation for me it's uh things go to another level looking after the two kids one out but um <laughs> if i was by myself so i just love a bit of me time still actually and I
2: is that a colloquial for something else yeah watching a movie on the couch <laughs>
1: by myself <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey! Don't look at me. <laughs> don't look at me. you. Keep going. Keep going. Let's no, dig I, this I love a bit of me time. Yeah.
3: Like a couple of beers on the couch, watch a movie, just scrolling through social media, mm. have the, foot, the footy on flat out. The EPL kicks off later that night, and just have yeah. nothing to answer for. Maybe some popcorn. Yeah, a cornetto or a drumstick. Yeah, what about it's you? time with
2: your thoughts. Well, the the first thing I'm going to do today because I will get home and they will be gone for the first time since um, last night. I'm going to walk straight into the lounge room and clean up the whole house so it is immaculate because – My house is, with two little ones, I don't know if you guys know this, but the house is permanently trashed. You pick up a piece of Lego, put it in the box, one minute later, it's back where you saw it again. Mm -hmm. Uh, I used to be able to cross from the kitchen to the lounge room, no problems. Now it's like crossing the city of Mosul, stepping on little Lego landmines, breaking your little feet. Um, I'm not sure if... I know you've had a few injuries playing footy, guys, but have, have you ever stepped on a piece of Lego, Hazy?
1: Yeah, that is—that's the best way to describe it. It's like uh, treading on a genuine land. <laughs> and the problem is—and <laughs> you know what stems from that—is that it's a natural reaction. You step on the piece of Lego, and then an almighty expletive comes out. Yeah, and then the wife in the corner, Carl, yelled,
2: "Oi!" <laughs> Don't say that.
1: And then just like clockwork, my son Henry will repeat what I said four to five times as loud as he possibly can. Yeah. And I'm the villain here. Yeah, it's yeah.
2: And what what are the bones going on? in the foot? There's like little is it little wishbones in the foot. I feel them crack and manoeuvre into new places when you step on that load.
1: You've got, uh, I think that's your metatarsals, yeah. is it? I <laughs> mean, you've got a couple of wishbones. Yeah.
2: What do you do, Hazy? Uh, mate,
1: it's just the opportunity. Uh, and I want to keep this... <laughs> I want to keep this as uh, G-rated as possible, but it is the opportunity. I, I, in my own house, I don't like to wear much clothing. Even, yeah. even in the midst of winter, I'd like to pump up the heat and just be absolute minimal. Every uh, day of the year, I'd like to walk around in my house in my underwear. Yeah. But like you get kids and when you get a wife, you can't do that anymore. No. So That's what I'll be yeah. doing for a yeah. good couple of days straight. Just, just let it be just, free. Just in your undies, Hazy. Just in the underwear. Why not? And are you sure? A, be free, uh, Tom. Be free.
2: Absolutely. And are you a, a boxer shorts or a, the boys need a home?
1: Uh, boys need a home. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you reckon you get past a certain age where the boys definitely need a home because the boys need some support.
2: Nah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not for you?
2: Not for me. Bo- boxes all the way. I, I feel restricted.
1: Grow up, otherwise. Peter Pan. We've you got your satin Garfield boxes on. <laughs> all right. Uh, we need some accountability from you as well, please, Bryce. Um, this is what you said a couple of weeks ago, which we said you need to speak from your brain, not your heart. You said, look, I'm all in on the blues.
3: And I've sort of paired them up against um, Sydney, Geelong, Melbourne. Brisbane and Frio, the four or five sides who I think can win the flag and
1: pound for pound, I think they match up really well against those sides. Oh, do they? And that was just before um, we got your expectations for the Crows game. Now, look, they've got a pretty tough four weeks to come. They've got Adelaide here, which you'd think would be a comfortable win. <laughs> <laughs> the Blues are a mess, mate.
3: Geez, that didn't age well at all, did <laughs> no, it?
1: No, it didn't. Your Blues are a mess, and unfortunately, they're back in the same territory where we're starting to promote that 2023 is going to be the year.
3: Hang on. Hang on a second. How how is this year turned to confetti already? Because... It's not it's not over.
1: It's not what, over. What, it feels like it's heading in a dangerous direction.
2: Are their finals chances still legitimate after last night because Saints lost? So that, does that just have them locked in the eight now?
3: Well, oh. they, they only have to win one to... Absolutely guaranteed, yeah. but they can lose still both of them and still make it with the teams really? around them. Yeah, okay. So, Paddy Cripps obviously had a win be, being available <laughs> for for the next two weeks is obviously going to help significantly. And I still stand by my words. Well, stubborn, isn't
2: he? We've got that on record. Do you think if they make the finals, they are going to win one?
3: I think it's a year with how even the competition's been this year and some of the results that we've seen. I think a team can win the flag from outside the top four this year.
1: Mm, well, okay, staying the, strong. If that's the case, <laughs> load up on the Blues because they are paying $51 to win the flag. <laughs> and j- it's okay, you just got to win one more game, just got to get past uh, the Ds. You just got to get there. Or yeah. the Magpies. Can Do you know what? I just I hope for the sake of some theatre that they lose the Demons, and then imagine that to absolutely lock themselves into the final, they need to beat the arch enemy Collingwood, on a Sunday to finish off round 23. How beautiful would that be? It would
3: be unbelievable. Mm. It would be nearly, I'd want to jump on a plane and go over and sit in the crowd and watch that one. That would be 80,000, 90,000 people. Yes,
1: that's a nice way to finish up the the regular season. Uh, All right, Bruce Abernethy, we're going to speak to all things Port Adelaide with him including the prison bar. He's a man who wore the prison bar nearly 200 times, so he knows it better than most. It's been in the headlines for the last sort of few days. Uh, Also coming up as well, we want to talk about some of the great footy feuds off the back of Wayne Carey and Anthony Stevens going at it again. So if you've got a a good nomination for us, text it through 0427-154-166. It's 10 o'clock. It's news time.
4: Making SEN news this hour. Donald Trump is under investigation for breaching the Espionage Act after the FBI uncovered classified documents taken from the White House. A government proposal to let seniors work more hours without losing their pension will be debated at the upcoming Jobs and Skills Summit. And there’s been a breakthrough in the criminalisation of coercive control, a form of domestic violence across the nation. SEN.com.au. Sport is next. Now sport thanks to Bluebet. St Kilda coach Brett Radden has praised Marcus Windhager's performance in keeping Lockie Neal to 16 touches in the side's 15-point loss to Brisbane.
0: Marcus has done some jobs, but the, the part for Marcus is the learnings he gets from it.
4: In other AFL news, North Melbourne has reportedly tabled a five-year contract to Alastair Clarkson. Quite
2: a yap. Curated picks from SEN's pro punters. Download today. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858.
5: The SEN SA Open Line. 1-300-736-736.
4: in Adelaide today, a top of 15 degrees, showers tomorrow reaching 16 and showers again on Monday, 15 degrees. And don't miss the Bungie and Bretster show with Andrew McLeod and Brett Maher tomorrow morning from 9.30 on SENSA. The new performance
2: Volkswagen R range of vehicles. Test drive now at Solitaire Volkswagen, Hawthorne and Medindi.
1: Welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Coming to you live from SNSA studio, Lumo SA, right in the heart of the city. We're going to speak to one of the great men on and off the field, and that is Bruce Abernethy from the former Port Adelaide Magpies champion, Uh, been dominating the media circuit with Channel 7 for decades and decades. Ab is going to join us before 10.30. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, right now though, Gibbsy, we need to talk about some of the great footy feuds. So off the back, and let's explain this. Wayne Carey, Anthony Stevens. Premiership reunion reunion last weekend went at it again. Firstly, let's hear from Wayne Carey. He explained the situation.
4: I was worried about him and I said, I'm worried about you. And he said, Well, he obviously took a, a little bit of umbrage to me saying I was worried about him. He probably thought uh, maybe the Think word you contributed maybe the word well of course yeah. but i said i'm i'm worried about you know i want him to look after himself just like people want me to look after myself
1: so there you go uh, that feud continues and we don't need to go into the nitty gritty of it but uh, no doubt that would have been oh interesting to say the least at the actual premiership reunion
3: was it reported that uh, teammates had to pull them away from each other as well.
1: Oh, really? I
3: think so. Yeah, got that heated. That was uh, reported somewhere along the line, so he definitely downplayed that oh a little bit. The king, if uh, if that was the the case, that they had to be removed from each other,
1: as you would downplay an argument. Um, some of the good footy feuds across the journey. Any that spring to mind for you?
3: Uh, well, I can talk about the O'Halloran oh, and Cloak one. That was that was that, that <laughs> was, was fireworks to say the least that was just in an intra-club intra, intra, intra club match that they were playing on each other. And got into a bit of a push and shove, which led to helping. It wasn't a punch. It was more of a... It was halfway between a punch and a slap. <laughs> what, I don't know what you'd call that. Uh, Cameron Cloak's hit the deck and Satanda's giving him a little boot up the backside to go along with it. Uh, which the AFL stepped in and gave uh, Satanda four weeks.
1: So it, it would have all been completely fine had he not punted him at the end?
3: I, no, he they, he got fined twice. So I think twice, it was two, week, okay. two weeks for the for the punchy slappy yep. and two weeks for the boot. And I have no doubt if Satanda had his time again, he would have taken it to the appeals
1: tribunal and probably would have got off. Yeah, these days, <laughs> yeah, taking it to the high courts. Um, what about Mark Williams, Choco v. Alan Scott?
4: There is a couple of mentions I'd like to make. Certainly our major sponsor in Vodafone,
0: and Alan Scott, you are wrong.
1: <laughs> that was a good pace from back in the day. Oh, Choco was full of so much passion. He was just fun to watch. Um, what about Jason Akimanis v. Absolutely Everyone? First of all, let's hear from uh, his former coach, Lee Matthews, on Acker.
0: I feel a little bit better this week because my conscience over the last, since the Acker situation has been, well, did we do everything, the Lions, did I do everything as a coach, did I do everything as a manager that I could have done, to, you know, to not for, not to get to that situation? Can I tell you in one sentence, Acker's a pain in the ass around the footy club,
4: you get him out of the joint.
0: <laughs> Whack!
3: It just continued, though, because I think when he went to the Western Bulldogs, they had exactly the same
1: issues. And they did. He got sacked, and then ACCA launched on the dog CEO. You know I came that. here to talk about the facts. And know. I'm talking about the facts, too. The fact Well, is, I want to see the proof of the facts, the, and I asked you privately where the, the proof absolutely. of the facts was, and there was none, there was the, none the, yesterday Jason, in the meeting that you couldn't get to. Jason, the facts are clear.
3: When trust breaks down between an individual and an organisation, and the organisation is one as a whole then it has to be dealt
0: with.
1: Be dealt with. S- There's a bunch of players that break trust every day in football clubs. Don't tell me. I hope you have the same rules for everyone yeah, because you're well, not
0: going to have a team at the end of the year. Uh,
1: well <laughs> Ooh, very outspoken, Acker. Yeah, he was. Just and he was entertainment. hard to miss
3: with the uh, bleached blonde hairdo that he used to run and do on handstands after wins and whatever God, he's- else he he was, he was a freak though. He, he was. was such a good player. His footy ability is undeniable. He, was, he could do a lot of things that most can't do.
1: Let's um, just wrap it up as well with Campbell Brown v Matty Lloyd, of course, after several fire exchanges in a game. Matty Lloyd, just after halftime, knocked out Brad Sewell with a massive bump. Um, let's hear from post-match. Campbell Brown said this.
3: Mate, we're not going to forget in a hurry what Matty Lloyd did. And, uh, you know, I hope he plays on next year. And, uh, I think he's, uh, one of the biggest snipers in the game. So, um, his time's coming.
1: That's good. (laughs) His time's
3: coming. I hope he plays next year. Receipts. Keeping receipts. No one's touching
1: Matty Lloyd as well. Nah. No one's getting, no no one's messing up Matty uh, Lloyd's hair as well. He's just, (laughs) first of all, because he's too damn hard and tough. But also, no one's taking a swipe at Matthew Lloyd. He's perfect. Yeah. Uh, it's nine minutes past ten. I uh, still put through some of those nominations as well for the great footy feuds because there's plenty of them. They're entertaining as long as you're not involved in them. 0427154166. Port Adelaide's Heritage Strip has absolutely been dominating the headlines for, gee, I don't know, best part of four or five years.
3: Yeah, it has, Hazy, and it's back in the news again. Uh, Port wanting to wear it in the showdown in a couple of weeks and got given the Don't Argue by what is it the AFL because of Collingwood, I'm, I'm guessing.
1: Well, the AFL don't have the kahunas to jump in and say, let's just sort this out because of an agreement back in the day. They're saying, well, the agreement stands, so it's completely up to Collingwood. Someone who wore the Port Magpies Guernsey very, very well over the journey was Bruce Abernethy. We're going to speak to him next. You're listening to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Well, the text line's fired up this morning. It's fantastic. 0427 154 166. For example, hey, Gibbsy, get stuff with your little Man United drive-by, and if you're going to have a go, at least remember where they play. Old Trafford. Good morning to you, Timbo in North Haven. ha,
3: <laughs> ha, Timbo. <laughs> That's exactly the response I was after, mate. Just <laughs> threw the bait out, and you were the first one to bite.
1: <laughs> Good stuff. Live and interactive. Great text. texts. Uh, time now to speak to a man who is Port Adelaide Royalty. He won't admit that. He won't like me saying that, but that's exactly how it is. Bruce He played nearly 200 games for the Magpies, seven premierships, absolutely achieved everything. Uh, and the Heritage Guernsey... Has been a topic of conversation for years now. It's not going to happen next weekend, but if you ask 99, maybe 100% of Port Adelaide supporters, it should be happening. First of all, Abba, good morning to you. how, how are you? Going very well, thanks, mate. Uh, we need to um, talk about something else quite quickly as well. Um, if your voice is a little bit croaky this morning, you'd be forgiven. What happened yes, last night? Yes.
0: A little croaky. Uh, cheering in the Premier League Netball Grand Final. Contacts Matrix. Congratulations to Matrix. They got revenge from last year when Contacts won. So, uh, unfortunately, I got a sore head and I got a sad head because uh, my daughter plays for Contacts. And uh, that was her last game. Didn't go out the way she wanted, but uh, World well Under to Matrix. They, uh, they thoroughly deserved it last night. World well Under, And a great crowd down there at Mile End too, I must say. So, did you
1: as well... What happened afterwards? Did you keep the bar stock? Because I dare say there might have been some incentives <laughs> on the line for the girls if they got the win.
0: Uh, I think uh, after the Grand Finals, Hazy, as you know, you either... Drink and celebrate, or you drink and commiserate. <laughs> uh, either way, you have a couple and you wake up feeling uh, either sore headed and happy or sore headed and sad. Fair, so, fair uh, yeah, I, I was just making sure that everyone was responsible for drinking and uh, got home safe and well.
1: That's what you do well. You probably designate a driver as well, no doubt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got
0: a car full of netball bags, I know that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, but can we talk about the Heritage Guernsey? First of all, um, what's happening this week? And can we get your thoughts on Collingwood's proposal for. The teal strip instead of the white for uh, what would be uh, a bit of a, a slap in the face for Port Adelaide supporters.
0: Completely stupid. I mean, seriously, Collingwood, oh, you can wear a teal. That's not actually our heritage jumper. Now, the reality is that as the Mag Cosman sample, we had a jumper we wore for a very long time. Now, it wasn't the only jumper we wore. And what just fascinates me is that Collingwood have even any input into this. This, is, this should absolutely be an AFL issue, and we should ask them we, can we wear this in our showdowns? That, it's got nothing to do with Collingwood. The other element is, since when does someone own black and white? Like, seriously, they're two colours. There's three teams with blue and white. But you don't see Geelong, North Melbourne and Carlton carrying on about we own blue and white. I mean, it's just... Uh, the, the first thing is, why is Collingwood even involved in this conversation? The second thing is, why isn't the AFL stepping in? was at South Australian. He would understand this more than anyone. Just everything to say, you can wear this jumper in the showdowns doesn't affect anyone else. Next, move on. But of course, Eddie is not even president. He, as he say, gets some radio followers, get some people, t- you know, carrying on and uh, suddenly it's a, it's a topic to discuss again. It shouldn't be. So
3: what do they do, Abba? Do they, do they just make a stand next week, Port, and just wear the jumper and cop a fine or worry about the ramifications later? What do they do? Do they just need to do something like that to...
0: I think it, I think if you want to get the AFL on side, you toe the line and do the right thing. And but we should be negotiating with the AFL, with zero input from anyone else. You know this this should be part of when you get, you know when the clubs talk to the AFL. You know many times a year they do. It just goes on the table and says we want this. We I mean, we signed something that said we could wear it in heritage round. And of course you know smart clever people come out and say oh we knew it was only going for another year now. Uh, well okay if we were going to wear it once a year, well, pick another day we can have it simple as that it shouldn't be complicated unfortunately it is because uh you know the reality is port fans would be like to wear it yeah but way back in 1990 you know we had to be black and white if you had said we were teal people would have would have you know gone gone down saying we can't do it to we have to wear black and white it cost us getting the first license that's what staggers me is things change move on get on with it but uh you know this should be a one you know this should be a once a year thing for us and uh like every other club does
1: so, Abbott, the the prison bar's now floating around in the sample. Um How does that sit with you? Are you comfortable with it?
0: Oh, I've got no problem with it. Um, you know, it, it, as I say, as time goes by, things evolve. I mean, in 1990, we had to be the magpies. We had to be black and white. Now, with the power, we've got teal. Every, everyone gets used to it. You know, get get along. Things change. That's the thing. Is it great to look back on your history and remember? it. Absolutely. But things change. Uh Regarding wearing it in the uh, sample, well, it was great last week. When we saw the old uh, candy, bit of candy from Koshy when he put out the old magpies, mind not playing the sample just to take a bit of heat off talking about the coach. And uh, I thought that was just a beautiful piece of uh, look over here while this is going on over there. So, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a, a debate comes up. We all talk about it. We're doing it exactly now. Seriously, we're in the AFL. Get on with it. We're, we're, we're new colours. If we don't get to wear it this year, let's work on wearing it next year.
1: Well, and speaking of uh, the coach for next year, I mean, Ken Hinkley has a contract for 2023 and now there's a bit of clarity. So David Koch came out on Channel 7 and said, look, he absolutely will be there. Um, This whole situation, what do you make of it and how does it sit with you?
0: Oh, look, it played in two two prelim finals. I mean, you're you're a kick away from a grand final, you know, two years ago and suddenly, you know, you want to sack the coach. You signed him until 2023. I'm probably old school. You sign a contract, you stick with the bloke and you give him everything you can to make it work and on the way through he has parameters he's judged by now if that's not all in his contract and he's not getting assessed by those and in the end your contractor whether it gets extended or whether he stays takes care of itself if those things are in your contract of uh, employment it's as simple as that so we're not privy to that we can all sit in the pub in the front bar and have our opinion but the reality is the amount that the public knows about what goes on inside football clubs is minimal that's the reality of it and uh you know it his, his win-loss record's fantastic. Uh, the players love him. That's a bit, That's an important thing. I just don't think there's been any clarity for Ken or the public over about the last five years. I've just, here's the parameters, this is what we expect, and this is what you get. Uh, to me, it can't be much simpler than that.
3: So jumping forward just a little bit, Abba, next year, what does it look like for Ken? What, what's a pass mark for Ports? So he's, he's obviously got his contract will go ahead as as planned. Uh, he's going to be under uh, under the pump after not... Not getting the club where they they wanted to get this year is he is he just is it is he delaying the inevitable? What what is he? What do they need to do for him to get another contract uh, further the next year?
1: Is it
0: flag or bust? Well, I think he's in, well. I reckon he's in an interesting spot because he's got old players like Robbie Gray, Travis Boat, Charlie Dixon, these guys, and he's got the young guys who are into their you know fourth year. Some of these guys, butters, uh, Rosie, and that into their fifth year. We've seen Connor Rosie this year really step up another notch. Is uh, you know. Part of his past mark and, and continuity of the club is how he develops the next generation and how he how he uh, that that revolu- that evolution happens about the young guys coming in taking over the responsibilities from the older guys as they head off into retirement. That that's part of a senior coach. You know, if you sit there and say he has to has to finish top four or he has to win a grand final or you know we, we rolled out the old three and five years that wasn't a bad. Uh, Bad blue sky, look at that one. But, uh, you know, if, if you start put it, putting those parameters in, he achieves it. Well, hang on, he's doing his job. So we roll on. I mean, it's hard to win a flag in the AFL. Magpies people just got uh, a little bit spoiled kept winning them every second year. But uh, the AFL is a little different creature. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a matter of you've got to get there in September, be in the right place, and do it regularly, like Geelong, Sydney, Hawthorne have, Richmond recently. And, and the, the premierships happen just by luck or by injury or fluke when you get there, but they happen. It's about getting there on a consistent, regular basis. And unfortunately, we're not getting there at the moment.
1: So in short, Abba, I mean, you know the club better than most and you've got inside word, etc. I mean, should Port Adelaide supporters be bullish about what the future looks like?
0: Oh, this year, I mean, as you said, we started badly. There's games we, what have We lost seven games by less than two goals. Last year, we won... Oh, stat off the top of my head, I'm not Bruce McEvaney, uh, maybe five games we won by less than a kick. So, you know, th- th- say we had to won three more of those games, we'd be in the eighth. And we'd be <laughs> playing in September again. So, you know, it- it's it, that's how the season rolls out. You're beaten after the siren by the Crows. Uh, you know, th- th- that's just how it is. And of course, the draw, if you finish high, you play the higher teams twice the next season. So it's... it's, it's uh, it, until I get a, until I get, they well, won't. Until I get a 34 game season, it won't be a fair, a fair, yeah. uh, a fair fixture anyway. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll 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 cop it. But uh, yeah, I, I think we're better than where we're going to finish this year. It's been disappointing, but uh, you know, as I talk, as I talked before about the evolution of the young players in and the the, the the veteran legends are out. That that's probably for me what's going to be more important for Ken and his judgment.
1: Abba, always a pleasure. Appreciate your time. Uh, bad luck for contacts right. last night um, and no, no doubt. Well done, number tricks. Well done, number tricks. Looking and forward
0: Hazy, to uh, it. Give... Hey, Bryce, did you ever tell you uh, that you know, I buy him a pizza every Saturday? <laughs> he eats most of it and he's never reached in his pocket of those shorts he always wears to buy one himself?
3: <laughs> hey, Abba, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm well ahead on the coffee shouts uh-huh. in the mornings too, so that's, uh, there's a bit of a trend <laughs> happening there, I this think. Is,
1: this feels like an intervention. Yeah, I reckon he... <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Nice talking to you. <laughs> good stuff. Bruce Avenethi, 190 games for Port Adelaide, seven premierships, just as good as it gets. And talk about a
3: drive-by too. He's just giving you a nice little whack there.
1: Nice little whack. So why am I pumping him up? <laughs> no, it was good to hear from Abba because Abba is as Port Adelaide as it gets.
3: It, it absolutely is. And this might be a conversation for next week, but he, uh, it just got me thinking. We, we obviously spoke about the Heritage Jumper and he spoke a, a lot about the Magpies and just got me thinking about... Absolutely, they should be able to wear their heritage jumper, no no worries about that. But in the sandfall, they actually don't have a representation of the magpie on that prison bar jumper no so i wouldn't mind diving into that at some stage But we might run out of time this week but certainly uh, we can talk about that next week
1: with andrew hayes and bryce Gibbs. oh geez we've had some fun too it's been a big big show we got to speak about some of the great footy feuds just before when coaches absolutely go off bruce Abernethy as well with some really really strong words on port adelaide um and a lot of text. it's been good Gipsy. it's been a fun show it's gone quick and that's what happens when you're having fun time flies you're just having a whole heap of fun Um, What's on for you today? You've got some special comments for us. I
3: am heading along to Adelaide Oval for AFL Nation to call the game. Hopefully it doesn't rain too much and it is a cracking game of footy.
1: And South Adelaide playing tomorrow?
3: Against the Magpies or Port Adelaide. What are they called? I'm not sure. We'll discuss (laughs) that next
1: week. It's Port Adelaide. A little (laughs) drive-by for Rice Gibbs to finish. All right, uh, stick around. Crunch time is up in just a second. Make sure you download the podcast as well. A lot of fun this morning. Enjoy the rest of your day across Adelaide. Have a good one.